Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Don't forget, you can follow her on Facebook at The Greyhound Girl. Hi, everyone. On this episode of the podcast, I catch up with Western Australian trainer Shane Williams, who's having a great run of form at present with Ripping Grace, who notched up her fifth straight win recently while she's in Queensland under the care of Jetta Cutlack. We had a chat about what it was like when she took out the Group 2 Oaks feature at Cannington and also what he's looking forward to from Nengar Chief in this Saturday night's Paradise Street final at Cannington over the 600 metres. Of course, we touched on some helpful advice for anyone looking to pick up the lead and collar and how Greyhound Racing in Western Australia continues to go gangbusters. I hope you enjoy this episode and a big thank you to Hound Haulers Transport and Hiders Suits for supporting this podcast and Greyhound Racing. Let's start with um. We'll start with Thursday and, and just work our way through um through the weekend. But yeah, I mean, Rip and Grace, how proud are you of her? I mean, she's just absolutely killing it in Queensland. Yeah, no, we're very proud of her, Dim. Um, she's gone up there and taken to Albion Park like a duck to water, to be honest. Um, so lucky enough to have obviously good friends in Tom and Jetta taking care of her up there for me while she's up there, and um, Tom is um very similar to the way we train here so i don't know any problems um sending her there and um i actually go back to um when tom sent me a dog over here for the nationals i can't think of its name but she was she won the brisbane final and she was in the final over here and i remember having the first reserve a dog called back on lava and i thought man this guy's sending me a a dog of his and i've got the the number nine the first reserve he must have a lot of trust and faith in me so um obviously uh, a lot of water's flown under the bridge since then and we've become very good friends and so yeah that's why i don't have any issues sending the dog there i know she'll get looked after and um yeah him and uh jenna have done a terrific job with her and uh yeah then she's just um like i said taken to albion park really well she seems to obviously rail really well but she seems to be getting that luck on the first corner a lot and she's posing up a lot closer than what she is when she's been over here. So um, did try and get a little start in the Super Stairs next week, but we weren't lucky enough to get in there, so that's a bit of a shame. But um, she'll just have a trial next week. But then that's a good thing about Brisbane as well. They, um, they're they quite happy to um, you let you trial between races and stuff or feature races. So she'll just have a... Um, a box-to-box 700-meter trial next week, and then she'll go into the heats of the Queensland Cup the following week. So, um, yeah, all, all going well. She's um, yeah, she'll be she'll give it a good shot. Yep. So she she posted a time of thirty four eighty one in her first win over there um, on the eighth, and then obviously last week shaved that down to thirty four fifty seven. And yeah, I was just going to ask you what the plans are with her now. And yeah, no, it sounds like um, you know, obviously the the more looks at the track, the better she's going to get. And yeah, I think she will give it a good shake. Yeah, I think if you're, if you're going to be serious about targeting a race, I think, and Tom put this into my head a long time ago, you've got to get them the, them there nice and early, let them accustomise to the track and the surroundings and obviously the new kennel. It's a bit hard just to go and hit and run and, and sort of try and do it. So we've got her there nice and early. And like I said, she's in good hands. She's been looked after. Um, her first look at the track, 
she actually had a trial the week before over 500 and, and went 29.89 and her run home section was really good. And when she went to 34.81 first up, Tom said that was a really good run. The track was slow. It was the best of the night. I think she might have went a little bit quicker than what they did in the um, the feature race over the 600. And then and then last week, Thursday, just, just went, I think the track was pretty much back to normal. So um, I think Bunny Brass sent through to um, Leia Ernest over here that she was the equal sixth, sixth quickest run home, uh, run over the 600. So... <clears throat> that puts her in um, elite level. So, like you said earlier, we couldn't be more proud of it. Then. Yep. Going back, obviously, just before she um, she left to go to to Queensland, she took out the Group Two Oaks. Um, you know, in a very very hot field from Box Five, which you know is not always the easiest box to win from. And yeah, how did you um how did you like her chances going into that race? Because obviously, you know, she she was the favourite, you know, the favoured runner. But um, yeah, no, even from the squeeze box, you know, there's nothing guaranteed, is there? No, there's definitely not, and she's a get-back run-on dog, so you're always going to need that luck with her, and um, I really wanted to go to the Garden 7.15 and the Sandown Cup, but the Oaks was on here as well, and I just thought, we'll give her a go on that, because you can only go in at once, obviously can't go in the next year, and then um, we'll put her on the road after that, so that was the plan we set up, she raced in the Miata, final over 700, and then we give her about ten days off and set out, set up a little program for her, for the Oaks and um, yeah, she she went really well and to Quinault that as well. The other little dog was good result, but um, she was just very unlucky that Rip and Grace was on a hammer because yeah, her run home times over five hundred. They're just off the charts they are. So, but um, the Oaks was a good result. It was sort of a bonus. We picked it up on the way through, and I think since then and she's. Obviously got a bit older, but she's matured a bit as well. So, um, and obviously this trip to Queensland has obviously done the world of good. So, yeah, nah, the Oaks was good and, you know, it's good for a breeding career as well. I know the owner's very keen to, to breed with her and so now she's got that on a CV, that's makes it even more better. Yeah, I talk to a lot of trainers who say, you know, it's amazing what it can do for a dog's confidence and, like you said, their ability to mature when they do send them away or they travel with them and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's something that obviously you'd be hopeful of because, I mean, you know, will you look at maybe Target and the Galaxy and that sort of thing next year with her when she comes back? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, she's never raced outside of Kennington before she went to Albion Park. All the starts were here. And you obviously don't know how they're going to go. And, I mean... Last week she won a fifth grade, and this week it was a free for all. So it was a big step up for her. And, yep. Um, but yeah, we will. Um, haven't really spoke to the owner yet, but I think I want to get her home after Brisbane and the nationals are on. Yep. So that'll be a good race for her here. And then if she makes the final, that's in Melbourne. So that can um, uh, give her a good little hit out in Melbourne. And there's obviously some feature races there at the end of the year, like the Bold Series and stuff like that. So we're going to go on a staying campaign with her from now on in, and I think that's what she's sort of screaming out for now as a 700, so... Yeah, nice, nice. I mean, obviously, um, you know, to, to get a Group 1 with a, you know, that's obviously, you know, would be a, a big thing on your bucket list. I mean, you know, everyone wants Group 1s, and, you know, you've obviously got a Group 2 with her now, but, yeah, the Group 1's the next target. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's all she's got left to do, really. She, she made the Galaxy final this year. She ran fourth over here, and... She's only really young then, and yeah. um, she ran second in the Group 2 Miata. So she's been thereabouts, and, um, you know, at the moment, I think the stay-in ranks are 
you know, it's been shared pretty evenly amongst everyone. That's so there's right. no real dominant dominant star at the moment, although there might be one in Sydney coming up very shortly, the dog of Michael Ivers. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> he looks very promising. But, um, yeah, we just um, take it one race at a time. And like I said, this trip away, I think it's going to do the world of good. And um, hopefully when she comes back home, she can keep up to that performance that she's doing at the moment. Now, you're having a bit of luck, um, a good run with 600-metre dogs. Moving to, uh, to last night, Nengar Chief qualified for the, the renowned Paradise Street final at Kennington. And, yeah, what would you make of his run? Yeah, well, when I bought him, he, um, he looked like, um, you know, I thought he was going to look like being a handy 600-metre dog. And um, I sort of took my time with him to get him up to 600, give him a few 500s, and that race come up last night. And, um, yeah, he showed really good speed. And um, he was really impressive. The track got a bit slow last night, but he didn't really find the line that well, but hopefully he improves off that next week in the final. He's actually got a good draw in three, and um, I think his first two sections were really good. So if he can spear out again and do that and hopefully get a bit stronger next week, he might be a chance. But he's a good dog, and um, we're going to take him to Darwin for the Cup this year. So, oh, nice. Um, yeah, so he'll be, um, he'll be venturing to Darwin in about a month, so yep. if you can pick this one up on the way through, that'll be lovely. Yeah, nice, nice. Who um, who else have you got in your kennel that's sort of, because, um, you know, how many have you got in work at the moment? Yeah, we've got 20. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, 20's full house for us, and we yep. had a, we had a 17 or 18 for ages, and then all of a sudden, yeah, there's phones rang, and um, <laughs> yeah, we're full again, so, but, um. Yeah, there's a few nice dogs. Bill Mac is a nice dog. She runs second in the Oaks behind Grace. Um, she's just come out of Novice Company and she's won four races. Dimitin, she's earned 54000 It's unbelievable. Jesus. Um, yeah, prize money over here is crazy. Yeah. So she's a good little money spinner and um, she might be a dog to follow because she's got good early speed. So she always puts herself in the race. Yep, yep. It's been a while since I spoke to you. I think it's been a good 12 months since I, I did my last podcast with you. But, yeah, I mean, has, has anything sort of changed from your perspective? I mean, obviously now, you know, you're featuring in these sort of group races, you know, on fairly consistent occasions, which um which must be nice because obviously that's your aim. Yeah, for sure. I think it might have been a bit longer than 12 months, Tim. But um, we had a young dog called Unsee This and Tiger Town back then. I think they, mm-hmm. I'll give you them to follow. They were really handy dogs. Unsee This went to Brisbane and he was favourite for the Derby up there and got beat. But um, but no, yeah, it's um, it's funny, you know. You have you have your runs. Everyone has them, and um, at the moment we seem to be um, yeah, doing everything right at home. And I've got to pay a big homage to um, the girls that work for me, um, Gemma and Jay. They yep. They um they're the backbone of the kennel really. Though. I couldn't do it without them. So they um I mean Jay's got her own dogs now, but she still manages to come and help out here. And and Gemma's a vet nurse, and she's always here and helping when she can. And I've got another mate, Gary Williams, that always helps me out as well. So all of us together as a team. That's why it's sort of team ripping here. It's not just me, but um I just couldn't do it without them. There they love the dogs, and yeah, they they sort of do anything for them. So that's what you need when you're looking for staff for sure yeah and people always say to me look you never stop learning in grand racing and it's important to to keep asking questions and that sort of thing and yeah has there been anything sort of in particular since we last spoke that you know you've sort of um you know implemented into your training and that and seems to be working for you no i just seem to um i, I seem because i don't handle the dogs a lot now the girls do which is good and <laughs> i seem to I, I seem to like watch them from the outside and then watch how they run and 
see if there's anything wrong in their action or whatever. And I just, I, I found it's been be- beneficial for for me going forward to see where to go next with them. So I yeah. like to sort of watch how they run and see how they finish a race off, whether they need more distance or less distance. And I think that, um, yeah, just a better angle there because you can't see much from behind the boxes, to be honest. And I just think, um, yeah, I just watching the dogs run and then seeing where's the best place next to go after that run. So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's not doesn't sound much at all, but I just, yeah, I don't know. I just think that, yeah, like I say, things are working out really good at the moment and, like I said, the, the whole kennel's going good and, yeah, I hope it continues, to be honest. And, um, yeah, we love, love having a good time and the girls come here and um, we all love working together and, like I said, it's just a good team, good fun environment. I think the dogs sort of, they, they, they thrive off that as well. Yep. Are you a big um, Are you a big replay watcher? Do you sort of, like I know, I'll probably reference my dad here, he watches races 10 to 15 times. Um, but, yeah, are you a bit of a replay watcher? Because I find sometimes you, you pick up something different every time you watch it. Yeah, 100%. I, I always take the races and, like I say, watch them live at the track and then come home and watch them again and, and, and analyse it as well and, um, yeah, he's always, you can see um, on the replay if your dogs run last and you don't know why, then they might have got cut off at the start or might have got cut off at the first corner. So always gives you answers for sure. Yeah, definitely a big replay watcher. Yep. I know I've asked you this some um, before, but yeah, like, I mean, obviously, you know, Grand Racing Western Australia is going gangbusters like you just spoke before about the prize money and that. And, you know, obviously, you know, cost of living and that sort of thing is a bit, a bit tough. So, you know, if anyone's got any good dogs, I, I wouldn't begrudge them sending them over there to try and, you know, pick up some cash and that sort of thing. But yeah, you know, do you sort of just have a bit of um, general advice for anyone looking to get into the sport? Because I know it's hard, obviously, at the moment, um, you know, I'm talking from a New South Wales perspective, um, ownership and that sort of thing is quite hard to get into with the ASIC restrictions and that sort of thing but yeah I mean do you sort of have any advice for anyone that may be looking to become a, an owner or a trainer just from your experience yeah I just think um, I actually um, you wouldn't believe it about six months ago I'd, I'd won a race at Kennington I'd walked out of the gate to get in the photo with the dog and a, a gentleman approached me and asked me you know he said he'd been struggling to um, get any help about firing the dog and um, I, I asked him how much money he had and his budget and um, and I said oh, okay oh, it's not going to happen overnight but um, I said I'd miss it's his first ever dog so um, li- literally yesterday or the day before I found him a dog so it's taken me six months to find him a dog and um, that's another dog we bought off down in Spahn so um, he'll, she'll come next week and the guy's wrapped but like he said, it's very hard to get the help that you need to to find to find how a how to do it and yeah. and b um, to get someone to train the dog for you when you don't know anyone. So I think you're right. Not only in New South Wales, here's the same. I think we need to get you know a better understanding of um, trying to get new people into the sport. And obviously, like the syndicate stuffs made it very hard because not everyone can afford. Um, a race dog and the syndicate's obviously the, the best way to go so I've trained for syndicates before and like, I really hope that gets sorted out because we're probably turning people away from the sport which you know which is what we can't do at the moment so yeah that ASIC stuff it, it looks ugly from the outside looking in and like I said hopefully it gets sorted out soon but um, as of as of training I think you just got to ask questions I mean I'm still on the phone to Robbie Britton once a week <laughs> um, yeah, he's my mentor and I'm still asking him stupid questions so um 
But, um, yeah, I think you just got to surround yourself with the right people and everyone's going to help you. No one's no one's going to turn you away, I don't think. I think most people would be happy to help you. So, yeah, just ask questions and, and then go and learn off someone and, um, yeah, just see what they do and, um, yeah, go from there. But, yeah, it's not easy getting into it, but if you, you've got to be committed and got to love the animal. But if you are, the rewards are definitely there for you. It might be just be something as simple as what that guy did and just, you know, saw that you're, a, you know, either an owner or um, handler or a trainer and just, yeah, basically approached you and said, look, can you help me out or point me in the right direction? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you know, but I mean, the clubs have still got to be, you know, that's probably part of their job to, to get people in as well. Maybe it's time for them to start getting to the track and, I don't know, have a desk and a you know, a pamphlet there and information and stuff like that because, yeah, we need to get people in the sport and especially new people. And, um, yeah, hopefully this guy tells his friends and his family and, you know, yep. they keep going. That's what we want to see. Yep. is And hopefully, um, you know, hopefully the dog can notch up a few wins because that obviously gets people hooked pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. Well, she's unraced, and, um, which is good because he um, was really keen on, on naming her, so that's good. He gets to name her. And, oh, good. Um, yeah, so I don't know what her name is, but um, she's an Aston DB bitch and I think she's from a pretty good litter of Guinnesses that's um, going around at the moment. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting her, actually. And, yeah, it'll be um, the joy on the, the owners' faces. I've got some owners here now. And when they win a race, it's just, you know, um, it's just the look on their face and the proudness that they show, it's, yeah, it makes, makes you feel good. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Greyhound Girl podcast and for your ongoing support of not only this podcast but of Greyhound Racing in general. Remember, you can follow Dimity at the Greyhound Girl on Facebook.